Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And I hope you get to check out my good fiends at a decade of horror on the PSVG Podcast Network. I hope you love them like I do. They're a scream. <laughs> Coming to get you, Barbara. What's up, ghouls and ghosts? Welcome back to PSVG's A Decade of Horror. Donnie, Josh, Lucas, we are back again. Uh, guys, I'm a little impressed. We are to year 2017. This show will release to the general public on Halloween, if the schedule follows well and we haven't missed a show where all three of us weren't here and that is something at this point in time in recording i would not have betted on i would have betted against that bet if you're like the over under the first seven episodes is all three of you will be there every episode i'd have been like yeah definitely not definitely take that bet this is the only podcast we actually all enjoy doing (laughs) (laughs) that said a lot in a very small amount of words um before we get into our normal stuff considering that this is our halloween episode i thought it'd be a really great idea to talk about what you guys are planning on doing this holiday season josh what are you what are you doing for halloween halloween is canceled cancel culture (laughs) so nothing nothing is happening halloween is canceled is it really saturday oh yeah and it's a saturday which means i'm not working so i would be able to actually have my son participate in something so I think we talked about what we're going to do. We're going to talk to my sister-in-law and invite my nephew over, who is a year younger than my son. Let them dress up. We'll do like pumpkin carving. And I figured we could do like a Easter egg hunt version of trick-or-treat candies in the kids' playroom. So they can still uh, do something. But we're just, I mean, no one's going out trick-or-treating. Um so I find uh, this very yeah. interesting because uh we're totally doing trick or treating here. I mean it, it's not surprising to me. We're one of the few states with a controlled COVID number. <laughs> yeah, as I say, I'm down here in Georgia country and uh Trump country in my neighborhood, apparently on their Facebook and everything, they are all ready to go. They're like we, we won't are, even we are totally Halloween masks. <laughs> trick or treating. I uh I think there's a way to do it. I don't think the general public can you have to sanitize it. each piece of candy we, before you get to eat it. Okay, so you guys tell me what you guys think, because um, I'd be interested in hearing your your shame on on parents like myself. Um, mm. Our neighborhood is apparently going with the idea that we prepare grab bags. Yeah. So everybody prepares like little grab bags that maybe we put at like the end of the driveway, and people can just walk and take them. Yeah. But there's no yeah. like a socially distanced trick or treating, like a wave from the porch kind of trick-or-treating yeah no shame i mean there's definitely ways to do it you just i don't know it's always You're trusting a lot of trust different people. yeah but, sure. but i mean i have to still go to the the supermarket to pick stuff up sometimes it's not like i you know what i mean like yeah my kids for example well if listeners are hearing this my kids are not going trick-or-treating i told them that i would buy them candy and they mm-hmm. can stay here and they can dress up and we can but we are doing halloween 
Well, you guys already yeah. know I have my freaking oh, yeah. tombstone right here. Like, we're doing Halloween. I am so excited. I have a graveyard that I've bought this year. So we're going to doll up the front of the yard as a graveyard. I got more lights. I had lights last year. Got more lights. Going to do that, too. I've bought a projector and a movie screen. <laughs> yes, you did. To which I'm going to put on the driveway. So the question that I have to the Scream team here, what movie do I have looping in the driveway? Oh, it monster house <laughs> it so i was thinking it. like old school like the birds or like frankenstein or something like that i was something thinking like super scary yeah like yeah, something yeah. that would be classic PG-13. Yeah. original poltergeist that's good it's not bad not that's a silent Nosferatu. movie it's not bad it's not bad at all actually i've actually seen nosferatu so i watched I. it for history mm-hmm. that's a that's a that's something to sit down and watch for sure. It's a uh, undertaking because you want to talk about getting bored and leaving a movie. Like <laughs> it's not boring, but it's like you have to stay engaged. What about the new it? Blair Witch? Just the remake. Just a smasher projector. Just looks like it's shaking constantly. But yeah, obviously, I, I can't put anything up there that's nudity or like guts or anything like that because um, there are kids out there walking around. So it's got to be somewhat. Tame. I spit on your grave. <laughs> I spit on your grave. Oh no. The 70s version. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to pull something out. Maybe something like Hitch, Hitchcock and uh, put that yeah, up on the, the birds. Thing. You could probably get one of those discs that has, like, the birds. and. Oh, I have that Basically disc. all of it. Yeah, exactly. Just that disc. Come on, Lucas. Rear Come on. I've got the Monster go. Classics collection and all that. There you go. So you have no shortage. Donnie has that disc, and he's going to pull it out. <laughs> get the DVD changer out. Six tray, Six DVD spaces. Fill it all up. Set it to random. So I, I, original Evil Dead. Ooh. See, I would. Yeah. And my wife would like crucify <laughs> yeah. me. But I, you know, like You'd I would. That, You'd be that house. <laughs> I totally would be that house. Like that's in my <laughs> head. That's what I was doing the first. Yeah, I don't want anybody to come here. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so I, I wanted to put Chucky on and my wife was like, Donnie, absolutely not. But like I have. So when I do Halloween, I'm going to do the same thing I did last year. So I've got lights that go under my porch. I got lights that go on top of my porch. I've got lights that go around the railings. I've got my tombstones that go in the yard with all the lights for those. And then I put Chucky on the porch, usually in a rocking chair. And one day I'm waiting for a way to make him rock automatically. <laughs> like that would be great. I want to. I want to just start walk rocking when people like walk up the stairs. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but yeah. So I was like, to me, I was like, oh, it's totally in theme. You have Chucky on the projector. My wife was like, no, you can't do that. You'd become the Chucky house. All the kids would be like, that's the Chucky house. That's. I'm okay with that. That's that's yeah, that's, that's self prophesizing. Are you kidding me? Don't say that. <laughs> like I want that to happen. I'm trying. I'll paint that. the house yellow. If that's <laughs> Uh, what about you, Lucas? Uh, I think we we've talked about it. We actually have gathered some costumes, so it's we know what we're going as. I say going in quotation marks. Uh, but from the sounds of it, it sounds like we're just going to hop in the car, go to the grandparents, and and things like that, and do trick or treating. It's going to be a lot of driving, I think. But uh, at least we'll get out of the house, and it will kind of feel like we trick or treated, but. Uh, we're not going to go down the street or anything like that. We're just going to kind of, and then we'll come back home and uh, probably watch a movie or something like that and try to, like you guys said, make some kind of night out of it, but it won't be the traditional uh, kind of what he knows. He did, uh, my son did it last year, so he kind of knows what he's missing at this point. So it'll be kind of a bummer to see how that goes. So. Yeah, my kids are pretty bummed out. And it's, 
It's actually a big reason why when I reached out to you, and you guys already know this, I've already told you this, but our listeners may not. It's actually a big reason why I kind of wanted to do the show. So I figured when we first started doing this, when I brought you guys the idea, I was like, guys, we may not be trick-or-treating at all. So yeah. Like, let's maybe make an event out of this podcast. Like people I feel like you did something for this Halloween. Yeah. This and year. It, it kind of does feel that way. Like I've been watching horror movies for weeks now, you know, so I feel like I'm in the Halloween spirit. So even it, if the trick or treating night doesn't go as well, I feel like I've been celebrating the whole time. It's already bled over into my game playing by this point. Nice. I've, I've started horror games now. So Ooh. which ones? Uh, right now I have uh, the evil. Uh, the Evil Within 2 that I actually oh. start, started and kept playing. But I've also been meaning to go back to Alien Isolation because that's Ooh, another one. Of my favorite I got to do that one. I've still never done that one. So that's good. PT, man. Gotta get, gotta get it. I don't get to have that one. <laughs> Josh, why don't you kick us off 2017? Hey, 2017, it's a rough year. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like okay. the movie credits at the start of every movie that you just want to skip through but you can't you're just like i know <laughs> we'll get through this we'll get through this quickly it's not okay. super long uh, it's bad though <laughs> uh, uh, uh okay so uh, the day after trump is inaugurated uh the women's marches happen globally kind of says something about this year to come uh north korea um what did I write here? <laughs> uh, North Korea gets missile uh, <laughs> uh The Nintendo Switch is released. Can you believe that? It's yeah. Like three years old. Wow. Yeah. Breath of the Wild, man. <laughs> Another blizzard hits the East Coast, dumping three feet of snow. Fun. Uh, Brexit negotiations start. We all know how that's going to turn out. A uh, lot. I I wrote lots of political nonsense. This is a really bad year. Comey, Manafort, all this nonsense mm. in the White House. Um, Thankfully, it got better since then. Yeah, it's like you don't even hear about it in the news anymore. Um, it's what I'm telling you, man. A, the purge election year. It's like <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't say it in the last episode. I should have. It's like when I watched that movie, I was like, this is just off the wall. Like this is ridiculous. And you watch it now, and you're like, oh my god, it's going to go down. It's gonna happen. It's not oh. as crazy as it seems. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, it's uh, it's just depressing. Let's get through this depressing stuff. Okay. Uh, more depression. There's uh there is the bombing at the Ariana Grande concert. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the US backs out of the Paris Climate Agreement. Never to be seen again. Uh we experience a total solar eclipse. Of the hardest place, I guess. Uh <laughs> Hurricane Harvey wreaks havoc on. By the way, I think that showed up on the the video portion of the show. Yeah, that's funny. Oh boy, I (laughs) sure hope so. Got to edit that (laughs) because I'm gonna gif it and screen cap it. (laughs) I'm gonna mail it to your house (laughs) with your wife's name, (laughs) Mrs. Arose. Okay, back to serious stuff. Um, The Las Vegas attack happens you gotta stop laughing can't laugh no, I know. Can't, can't, can't laugh uh yeah one man destroys the lives of hundreds uh russia gets caught cheating in the olympics oh yeah does uh, any of this surprise anybody no not yeah. at all no <laughs> it's just like no. no 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 uh for some reason um the united states decides to butt into the jerusalem israel problem oh uh so that was kind of a big thing. We, we uh, can figure 
figure it out. You know, it's only been going we're, on. We're just going to come in. We're going to tell you <laughs> the right answer to your thousand year war. Yeah. Uh, and then we leave. <laughs> All set. <laughs> you guys got it, right? You guys got it from here. Uh, Disney buys Fox. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's get to the deaths. Are you ready? Oh, God, let's boy. get to the deaths. <laughs> Death time. Mary Tyler Moore. Bill Paxton. Aaron Hernandez. Chris Cornell. Roger Moore. Greg Allman. George Romero. Hugh Hefner. And Tom Petty. All pass. I think I... Didn't realize that Hugh Hefner was dead. Oh, he's been dead for three years. Right. I no, mean, I know that you said that to me now, but like, I don't think I that I, I'm pretty sure I knew when it happened, but like it's yeah. escaped me since then. Like you just said it. And I was like, really? <laughs> he passed. His son took over Playboy. They removed nudity from Playboy. And then, and then a year basically later, like tanked. And it was, yeah. Print <laughs> back. Uh, Chris Cornell, I, like was, was tough to swallow for me. Like I am a tragic. huge Chris Cornell fan. And, uh, that one hit me for a few days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that one definitely definitely stings out of uh, all those. I think I remember that one probably the most. That one was tough, and Tom Petty was a tough one, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Harvey Weinstein and the Me Too movement started. In, well, Why Harvey couldn't Weinstein he have died? Wonder Woman is released in theaters. Stranger Things Season 2 is released on Halloween of that year. Very good. The Patriots win the Super Bowl. Maybe I put Stranger Things up on the projector. Yeah, you could do that. That's definitely something more family friendly. Mm. Okay. You could do that. Until the Demogorgon shows up. Uh, you got like nine episodes before yeah, that. Yeah, that works. <laughs> You've got like three days before you And get it's iconic. People will like, you know, catch their attention. They'll know what it is. And yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Well, the Patriots win the Super Bowl. I'm going to say it again. Like everything. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I thought that just happened. Talk about people uh, cheating. The Astros win the World Series. <laughs> the Penguins win Again, the talk Cup. about people cheating. Yep. <laughs> There's like a yep. theme that keeps hey, going with all this. The Penguins won again. That's the back to back again. The Penguins win the Cup. The Golden State Warriors win the NBA championship. Star Wars, The Last Jedi. That's after. Hang on a second. This year, that's. This is the year they got Kevin Durant. And this is like what it basically was just not fair. Oh, yeah. Like the best team in the NBA signed the best player in the NBA outright. And they became yeah. like a super team for the ages. Super team. That's pretty much every NBA team there, right? One team has all the players. No, no. It, no? And actually, so you think that, but like the Heat got beat. Started on basketball. Well, I'm, I'm just heat. saying like the heat, heat, heat got heat. beat, the, the, the Celtics <laughs> lost, right? It, it hasn't been that way since the Bulls. And even the Bulls had significant challenge. When the Warriors got Kevin Durant, it was over. <laughs> like, there was nobody they could get within like five games of them. Like they were crushing people. It was unfair. It was insane. But smart on oh. them. Smart on them. They they work the cap correctly. Good on them. Cool. Yeah, that you got you caught me out of cool. my element. <laughs> you caught me. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> the last time I watched a basketball game, Larry Bird was playing. I think uh, I know more about baseball than I do basketball. <laughs> Uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi uh, is tops on the box office with six hundred and twenty million dollars, and The Shape of You is number one in the Billboard charts. What, what is that? Uh, Ed Sheeran, place to find a lover. He's in love with the shape of you, Dolly. Yeah. I'm really I out of touch with would, music. I think you would know it if you heard it because yeah. I uh, I am too. I just listen to my one Spotify list that never. I don't even have like yeah. I I just have my own play library, which is like 
pre 2000. It's one of those songs that if you walked through the mall for five minutes, you'd probably end up hearing it just mm-hmm. in passing. You, wouldn't, you might, if you don't know the song, you wouldn't know that you heard it, but right. yeah, it's played all the time. Gotcha. Cool. Look at that. 2017. It wasn't so as I, bad as you. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as other years. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, no comment. Josh is looking <laughs> at his list. Bad. He's like, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. <laughs> it was bad because it was short, but everything on there was pretty bad. <laughs> That's feel true. Like there was much good stuff. Yeah, that's true. We need like <laughs> goodnewstopics.com or something. Josh, you've got to find positive. Like, news, at this yeah, point, yeah. like I, I don't think you can. Like anybody that's listened to this so far, like they're they're here for this. They're into it. They're they're wanting Josh to double down. Like get worse. Like make it get real detailed. <laughs> I left out a lot from this year actually because I was like I can't put all of this in here. <laughs> Lucas, how was yes. the box office? Uh, pretty good, actually. Uh, really picking up, especially when it comes to a specific movie and the amount of money made. Oh, I'm sure. Possibly unprecedented. Uh, number three, though, Annabelle Creation. Ooh. When number three is making $102 million at the box office, that's a pretty good, that's pretty good. Uh, 62 Metascore. So still, you know. Pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) For a horror movie, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, can't complain. Number two, Get Out, $176 million, which kind of surprises me. I don't feel like there was a lot of buzz before the movie, maybe. Really? I would completely disagree with that statement. (laughs) Like, you said something, and I was like, that is fundamentally false. (laughs) Maybe I just didn't realize there were so many uh, Jordan Jordan Peele fans, but like I didn't hear much about it until after it came out, and so okay. maybe maybe I'm got my head in the dirt on this one. Uh, Eighty-five Metacritic score, but it's number really one good for a horror movie. Yeah, that's like best ever. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> have ever been that good. Uh, number one, just making boatloads of money. It three hundred and twenty-seven. And a half million dollars, just ridiculous. Sixty nine, nice Metascore. So there you it, have it. It chapter one, number four on my list. Wow, but not my what? top three. Not my number top three. Seven for me. Wow, Whoa. wow. Uh, we alluded to it in our last episode. So if you're just picking up here in 2017, we've already talked at length of how many movies we had for both these years and how we went about doing our picks. And I, I did the same thing. I had. A couple of movies that I thought were, you know, the top of my favorites. And then I started rewatching some to kind of appropriate my list here. And um, my number three movie for 2017 is Split from M. Night Shyamalan starring Joanna Taylor. Um, I really like it. It it is. uh, Let's see here. I, I wrote down a lot of notes for this one, too. So typically when I write down a lot of notes for movies, I think that I'm usually really into them. Like when I really start like going through thoughts. So here's what I've got. A person with dissociative disorder abducts three girls, sees a therapist, although there remains one uh, that he has a bunch of different personalities with one submerged. They call the beast. Did you guys know, fun fact, that um, James McAvoy's character was originally intended to be played by Joaquin Phoenix? Oh, if you've seen Joker, like you, I think a lot of people, yeah, like you could sign up for something like that. Um, personally, I think it's interesting you said that. Uh, Lucas, I think James McAvoy crushes this movie. 
I love it. it. He absolutely kills it. Yeah, he does. No, he definitely. It's not like he isn't the reason. He really sells all of these different personalities extremely well. The change in tone and voice and inflection and voice and everything. And I mean, I guess that's just good acting. I just, and it's weird because you don't get a whole lot of attempts to see people do it. It's usually movie to movie, not scene to scene. Yeah. But I've seen plenty of actors movie to movie that can't pull it off. Like there have there have definitely been some movies where I've seen amazing actors, Leo, Tom Hanks, pull off accents that I am just like, just stop. Like this is <laughs> this is not working well. And I never felt that way with uh McAvoy in this movie at all. I thought he killed it. So um anyway, this plays into the um what's the uh the trilogy, the glass trilogy? Uh, right. Glass yeah. And Unbreakable. 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 Yeah. The Unbreakable trilogy. I guess it's the Glass trilogy, kind of. And that yeah. what we would call it? And it's got, you know. Well, by, I was going to say by Glass, they really were like, this is all, you know, coming together because yes. you see all of them on the poster yeah. and everything. And they yeah. and they tied this to that at the end of this movie. So it actually has like a bigger thing in it. I don't necessarily. It's I guess it's, is it the, it's like the first horror movie cinematic universe. Because like by this time you have the Conjuring going on, but Unbreakable happened in like 2002. So, yeah, yeah, like a long time. Right, yeah. So they kind of retconned it. <laughs> like they retconned like a cinematic universe. He's like, wait, I didn't put a twist in this one. Uh, what do I do? <laughs> the twist is there's two more movies. <laughs> um, again, as I said in 2016, Joanna Taylor's amazing, and I think in this movie she's equally as amazing. I, I love her and everything she does. Just that's that's it. So that's why I'm actually excited to see the new mutants. I know everybody else isn't. I'm excited <laughs> to see it. Yeah, I feel like the world isn't. Like everybody wants the movie to go away, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so excited. It's not really bad, but I'm excited to see it. <laughs> right. Because um, I, I love her and everything she does. I think it's a really cool movie. I, I love the premise. The premise is really good. It is horrifying when he changes character and like walks in the room at times. And uh, the first time when the girls are peeking through the keyhole and they hear the woman's voice and they're talking back and forth and you're like, Oh my God, there's somebody here. They're going to get safe. And he comes storming in full dress and makeup and he starts yeah. comforting them. That's terrifying. That's terrifying scene. You're like, Oh my, this dude is off the reservation and he has this therapist um, that he, goes and sees throughout the movie i think those are the most chilling parts of the movie because it is this like dance of wits where she suspects that something's wrong because of his behavior but she has to deal with his personalities and and in the dialogue and in the story of the movie they talk about like how as many different personalities protect him and like you can see her trying to break down those walls and it's this cat and mouse game where they're going back and forth and that to me i thought was terrifying like there's i think there's actually a case to be made that maybe this isn't a horror movie um i definitely think it is by the end it definitely becomes this you know this hunted thriller and uh i know some people might be set off by the super natural superhero i guess element of it there is this whole thing of you have to really suspend belief in that this you know personality disorder could let people physically alter their their yeah. own biology i guess is the biggest leap that this movie takes but the movie That's goes along yeah as i say but they they and you're right it's it's brief but they also like go a long way to like lay that foundation so i never felt that it was cheap like if it just happened i'd be like that's stupid but it doesn't like they really foreshadow and build this thing all the way leading up to it and uh I just think it's really entertaining. 
is a very good thriller. And like I said, extremely well acted. And uh, I really liked it. I think M. Night Shyamalan's a legend. And uh, I think this movie is really, really good. So number three. Part where he asks her if uh, he can kiss her, and she's like, he's like, uh, I think I'm ready to get you pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> or when, uh, yeah, when she realizes that the window is just a picture. Yeah, yeah, and she's trying to manipulate the boy, and like, and it's scary. <laughs> like, so it's good, it's good, and in the M Night Shyamalan way, right? We talked about the visit, and the visit's not well, it's completely different. This is very much like in the vein of like the village and signs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, it has the reveal, the movie kind of changes. It's it's very M Night Shyamalan by numbers, you know, but doesn't make it any less effective. I enjoyed it at least. Yeah. Well, did this make any of your guys's lists? My number four. Okay. I kind of forgot about this one. I have seen it, though, and I will say it's not often you get to be in the head or at least see sort of the uh, the mindset of the killer or, you know, not the killer, but the bad guy, I guess you will. And so that is it becomes kind of one of those things that you keep watching the movie for because you're just like, dude, this guy is screwed up. But you don't often get that side right away. You know, it's told to you later or by somebody else, you know. So it definitely has. Now, for me, it wasn't it's kind that of Silence of, a of the Lambs ish. Yeah, in yeah, that way, and that you get that psychology from the person or about the person. Uh, for me, I had not seen Unbroken, and so like I don't know, there wasn't really that much to me. Like I watched this. So long when you get the reveal of Willis at the end and everything, you're like, "What?" Yeah, I'm just I like, gotcha. what? "Okay." Um, so I had come in kind of knowing what already happened a little bit. And then I was like, well, I better catch up and like watch this movie and see what the fuss is about. So maybe the effect had been lessened for me by that point. Cool. What about you, Lucas? Uh, for me, my number three, (laughs) a very controversial pick. Now I do want to preface that, uh, I alluded to in 2016 that my, my list was kind of hard for 2017 because I just felt like there were a lot of elements shifting around. I just couldn't make any decisions and they all kind of felt like top five movies that could just go anywhere. So it was really tough to put everything in, in, in an order. So I kind of waited till the last minute to see what would settle for me. And uh, it even kind of changed a little bit here and there up until our recording. That said, number three for me is, the void. <laughs> so for all you listeners, it's been a month uh, for you or no, a week has it, what's the release? A week. Sorry. It's a week. Okay. So it's been a week, but you may not remember that uh, we had a little controversy about this movie about <laughs> when it was released. And I think I know where uh, Josh stands on this movie, but this, uh, I believe this was a, a flex to, uh, Flux yeah, post pick. Uh, I said watch it play. <laughs> watch it. Uh, play it for Faluba. Uh, Netflixation, yeah. Um, so for me, this came out of complete left field. Like we just pick these movies based on the covers. We, we go through, pick two, and then one of them gets selected. And so I had no idea what this was going to be. I just was a, it was a blind watch. And I was completely enamored by the reminiscence of 80s movie horror by this film you know at first it was a little bit like okay obviously lower budget it's a little bit kitschy but the acting is much better than i was expecting so like my bar was already 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the thing. It's it's um it's got a lot of 80s movie vibes, you know. It mm-hmm. obviously isn't a big blockbuster movie. And I appreciated that. So right away, you know, I'm getting into and then of course you've got the music which is a bit synthy at times as well. Um but then you start getting into the story about this this cop who finds this guy and brings him to a hospital. And then there's this story that's happening at the hospital and you, you kind of are unfolding these layers about what's going on. And you have all these different characters who are at the hospital or work at the hospital and uh, things start getting a little bit wonky as it were. And there's these weird people in robes or what you assume are people in robes with triangles on their faces and, and everything kind of gets out of hand pretty quickly. And then you're just sort of swept away on this crazy ride of monsters and weird uh, people turning into stuff and this nurse who's stabbing a dude with scissors and, and whatnot. And it, it just <laughs> it just gets out of hand really quickly. Uh, it's it's quite gruesome, pretty unsettling, especially when you start seeing some of these monsters and creations that that uh, thankfully are, you know, is makeup and and puppetry and, and such and not CG because I can only imagine what it would look like if it was CG. Mm. But you get that real visceral feeling out of uh, something that was made with actual components. And you can tell that this disgusting blob monster with these tendrils coming out of it is is really filling in that space, which I think in a horror in a horror movie, especially is is important a lot of the time. You know, I know that some things are impossible to achieve with uh, special effects. But when you get that special effects makeup and and props and everything, it really uh, helps sell a lot of the movie. And I think that's kind of where this movie shines is in the fact that it might not be the best at uh, how it looks, how it was um, filmed, even though at times it actually is quite a well-filmed movie. You know, there's a lot of scenes where you're shown areas and, and there's symmetry and there's interesting camera movements and the way that scenes are set up you can tell that it was thought out uh but overall the reason why it's my number three is because i like this movie for what it represents and it's a send-up of 80s other 80s movies that came before it it does things well and like i said the acting definitely helped carry it but it by no means is you know the best movie that's on my list. It gets that bump because I did watch it recently. I actually bought this movie. That's how much I do like it, uh-huh. but I can recognize that it's getting a bump from me because I appreciate it for what you it like is. it. It's your favorite yeah, movie. Like it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the void it, it, I really enjoyed it and I think it's a fun little ride. So just don't overthink it. <laughs> and the ending, the ending for a second, I think I had a problem with like, Everything up to that point, there's a point where uh, we go into the special world. If you want to get into the uh, nitty gritty of, of how th- you talk about a, a story and it's kind of like, OK, you could have chopped the movie right there. <laughs> but uh, having watched it second time through, knowing that that's where it was going, I, I kind of became OK with it. So I'll give it a pass, I suppose. Nice. Number five for me. I was getting about what make the top ten. Oh, okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> I was like, oh no. I started rethinking everything I thought I knew about horror movies. I was like, no. oh, my list is terrible. I really like it. It's definitely uh, a classic 80s movie made in the 2000s. Yes. Uh, my number three 
is the girl with all the gifts. Good. Yeah. Good pick. That's on my Which list. Which is essentially the closest thing you'll get to a Last of Us movie. Apocalypse Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the girl with all the gifts essentially tells the story of... Um, uh, well, I mean, you don't really know too much right away. It's just a young black girl who lives in the cell, essentially. Um, there's this weird daily routine where she has to strap herself into... Uh, a wheelchair, and she goes to class. Um, Gemma Arterton, one of my favorite actresses, uh, plays the teacher in this who has, like, uh, I don't know, like, she has this, she has feelings, and no one else does. <laughs> I guess is the best way to say yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, essentially, what the plot is, is there's, uh, um, at least in this community, and you would assume the world in different places, there were children who, it's a zombie movie, I should say that, um, there were children who were fetuses at the time of the infection. And these children uh, are like half-breeds. They're half-zombie, half-human. And the, the, the gory story is they basically ate themselves out of their parents' wombs. Um, and then they were discovered by uh, the military, in this case. And, you know, they didn't necessarily want to just murder children. But they also found out that these children do have this this zombie bloodlust. But it's not always active. It's only if they get a scent of you. And they have developed this... Um, uh, what do you want to call it? Um, uh, hand sanitizer that you rub on your bodies. And... It makes you... They can't smell you, right? They can't scent you. So what happens is... Um, you find out... Uh, Glenn Close is in this, by the way, which is, like, uh, shocking. <laughs> She's in this, like, independent film. Yeah. Um, she plays like this, indie horror movie. Yeah, she plays this doctor who we, we find out eventually um, that she is taking a kid maybe a day or every other day or whatever... Um, that is a f- infected and is experimenting on them, trying to develop a cure. But in doing so, she is lobotomizing and killing the children that she is doing this on. Um, she finally gets to the main character, who's a very smart young girl. And, you know, Gemma Arjun's character figures out what's happening and tries to intervene. Uh, and then, like, the movie kind of, like, branches off from there. Well, some of the things I really enjoyed about it is how they handled... The zombies, again, it's not a traditional zombie um, style film. So these zombies, like, reserve their energy. Yeah. So they, like, end up on a city, and you just see them. They're just standing still. Some of them are rocking slowly, but they literally will not move until they sense food. Uh, And that plays a big part of the film. And also another big part of the film is where you – uh, see that the um, the zombies aren't the final form if you're a Dragon Ball Z person. Uh, they actually evolve another step where once a zombie body is like, and they don't move to preserve energy, but if they're like sitting down or adjacent to maybe a tree or something or other zombies, they actually like mold up and yeah. create these spores that once they these pods release, they they send the virus through the air, essentially 
meaning that everyone will become a zombie at some point. So they handle it more on the biological level than maybe the supernatural level. While definitely it is like rooted in supernatural. Sure. With the zombies, but it's a zombie movie. Um, you were spot really, on. It's very Last of Us. Like a lot of the premise is yeah. paralleled, similar overlaps with premises from The Last of Us. Yeah, it's very well acted. The the young girl is a very good actress. Yep. Uh, there's a really funny part in the movie where um, she has to go out because she can walk through the infected people, and she sees a cat and just like devours it because she still has to eat. Like she still has these cravings. And then they get back and they're walking through like a vet clinic and she sees a, pe- a poster of a cat and Jim Ryder is like, oh, did you want a cat? Did you want a kitty? And she's like, I already had one. Right. <laughs> and she's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay, moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoy it. I think it's like one of those sleeper films. It definitely um, uh, uh, hits my number three uh, contentiously. There's definitely other films that I think could have all been my number three. But I really just have like this kind of like fondness for this movie where um, um, it, it's just very – if it's my type of horror movie, right? Like we talked about this last last episode. Like it's in like it's style very touching. of film I like. Yeah, it has a lot of heart it's to honest, it. It's honest. Yeah, it has a lot of heart to it. It's even – it's very sympathetic and, you know, it's more about – it's actually it's probably a movie more about human empathy than – Oh, yeah. And horror itself. It just kind of has a horror backdrop, like The Walking Dead, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's very good. I agree with you. I love the girl's mask. That's very Hannibal Lecter. It is very it's cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah like, it's just a great mask. Great mask. Good pick. Definitely on my list. Um, I'm trying to be with my. I know that we're probably going to talk a lot about my number one movie. I also yeah. know that I want to spend a lot of time on movies that didn't make my top three. So I'm trying to get there. Out of, yeah. At least out of my own, faster. <laughs> my yes, number right. two is Annabelle Creation by oh. David Sandberg from Lights Out and Shazam, um, starring Lulu Wilson, who I mentioned last episode from Ouija, Evil Origin. Lulu Wilson's great, little girl actor for horror movies. Like she does the little girl horror movie stuff. Um, this year was a little tough for me because I absolutely think there's one horror movie that was my favorite best out of the year. Um, everything else kind of falls in the B category where I could grab a handful of these for a lot of different reasons. I could, I could make a pitch for a mm-hmm. lot of these different movies. Um, Annabelle creation, I think might be the best movie in the conjuring universe. If I was being critical and trying to like, not just out of my favorites, if I was just trying to be critical of the movie, I think it's really, really good. It basically retcons and corrects everything they tried to do with Annabelle. We talked about Annabelle. Annabelle's a disaster. It's it's awful. Don't watch it. Um, <laughs> Annabelle creation is very, very good. It's very, very tropey. It's very generic horror by numbers, but it's good. It's good at doing that. And as I've talked about before, I like that. I like possession. I like jump scares and stuff like that. If you don't, or if you're looking for, you know, a whodunit or a higher level of thinking, this isn't your movie, right? But if you like scary dolls and haunted people and strange things happening then go bump in the night like this movie's for you unlike the conjuring 2 which i told you like had some moments took me out of it this movie never goes that far it never gets silly i think all the hauntings are like in line this is more poltergeisty and demonic and there's bone crunching stuff that happens and there's a girl in a wheelchair that's haunted and that's always scary because nobody can you know like what are you going to do if you can't run away right that's terrifying yeah. um, there's a lot of like themes like this little creepy girls running around in the middle of the night 
That's scary. There's a dude who's a doll maker. That's scary. There's a shed full of doll parts. That's scary. There's all these scary things that happen. Um, the thing that I took away from this movie, and I did watch it yesterday. I rewatched it just to confirm where I felt on it because, because it's so, what's the word I'm looking for? Like routine. It's like routine scary movie, right? I, mm-hmm. I don't want to call it generic because that's, that's lessening, I think, what traditional. it is. Traditional. Traditional. It's traditional scary movie. Um, the scares though, the creepiness effect that Annabelle has, top notch, really good scares. Not the scary ones, not like the boom moments, like the subtle scares are fantastic. Like when she teleports from view and like, you know, like the, like there's, okay, there's this one where, the girl walks in this room that Annabelle is is locked into. Um, ooh, you guys, have you guys seen it? I feel like yeah. every time I bring up one of these movies, you guys have never no. seen it. Yeah, no. never? Okay. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> no. I'm going to spoil it a bit. Um, the movie starts off with a doll maker and his wife sitting, um, changing a tire at the road. They have a little girl named Annabelle. Um, he goes to do the tire and a nut falls off into the road. Annabelle goes, I'll get it. And a truck hits her. That's how the movie starts. Okay. Annabelle's spirit possesses the doll, but it's not Annabelle. It's a demonic thing, but they think it's Annabelle. So they have it until they realize it goes bad. They lock it away, right? They just lock it away. Annabelle attacked her mom. They lock it away. So they put it in this room that they have glued like Bible pages to. It's like a closet's completely surrounded in Bible pages. That's scary, right? If you walked Mm -hmm. into a room and it was wallpapered in the Bible, You'd be scared. Like, that's a scary thing. Yeah. They lock this doll in the room. All right. So, little girl breaks in the room. Annabelle's not in the closet. She's in a rocking chair. Right. Rocking chairs. Rocking chair starts moving. Little girl's scared. Little girl runs out. She's not supposed to be in the room. So, she hears somebody coming. She runs out of the room. The guy walks up the stairs. She thinks she's been caught. Turns around. Door's closed. You never heard the door close. It's that type of stuff. That's the type of stuff that I love that this movie does, and it does it a ton. There's a lot of it. Um, and then at the end, it's totally poltergeist. Fucking lights, light, like the house starts lighting up, all kinds of rumble and shaking. It's yeah. the haunted house. Like I said, traditional. You're going to get a lot of the things that you've seen in other movies, but I think it does it really, really well. And uh, again, uh, I like Annabelle. I have a Chucky doll. I want an Annabelle doll. My life is freaking out that I want an Annabelle doll. <laughs> uh, but I really do. I want an Annabelle doll because I think it's a creepy looking doll. Like it's really, really good design. So I like this movie and I think it's a good scare. So that was number two nice. for me. Nice. That's me right now. Yep. That's you. You're Annabelle. All right. Bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Annabelle. <laughs> I'm spooky. Uh, number two. So this was the movie that I talked to you guys a little bit about that I was kind of waffling about whether or not to put it on my list because it may be the lightest of the lights horror movies, um, if you can even call it horror. But there are aspects of it, and I think when you think about it, it it does lean towards that genre uh, a bit. And that movie is called Super Dark Times. I've never seen this movie. I have never even heard of this movie. It was on a list when I was looking at things. Uh, it is on Netflix for anybody who wants to check it out. Ooh. Can't wait to look it up and see that it came out in 2016. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I hate you. <laughs> now you sound like my wife. Aw. <laughs> uh, uh, so this movie, yeah. So I watched this, and um, 
sometimes I'm like, well, I'll start a movie and then I'll finish it tomorrow. You know, get like halfway through and just just time permitting. <laughs> That's how I have to do it sometimes. Nah, this one I had to stick around for the whole thing. Ooh, it's good. Uh, if you're into this type of movie, now let me set the scene for you. Hang on a second. This is sure. It made thirty three thousand dollars at the box office. Well, I'm surprised it even had a box office release. <laughs> I only interrupted you because I was like, that's really low. <laughs> that's rough. That's probably like two days of shooting right there. Um, so this this film is about a group of kids that I say kids, teenagers um, that are the nerdy. They're the nerdy guys. Um, and when I say nerdy guys, I don't mean like they're cool kids who play nerdy guys or nerdy kids. They're actually like straight up real nerds, like nerds that you would see and be like, Oh yeah, those are, those are the nerd kids that go to the school. I'm not saying anything negative about that. It's just, they fit that bill. Uh, Lucas try to be so politically correct. <laughs> well, I'm thinking more of like in it where it's like the losers club and it's like, come on, you kids those y'all look like kids quite, quite cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you have these kind of nerdy kids and it, it takes place in the nineties. You, you see definite hits, hints of that. Um, most people don't have a cell phone. Um, PlayStation is what some of the kids are playing, that type of thing. So it has this kind of nineties um, vibe going on, but it's not really, not really ever, doesn't really ever come up that much. Uh, it's just kind of, happens to be set then. So these kids all like to hang out. And there's this one kid who kind of takes things a little bit too far. He's the bigger kid. He's kind of obnoxious. His sense of humor grates on people sometimes, but whatever, they all get along because they're kind of all in the same situation. Um, They decide to hang out one day. And uh, one of the kids says that his brother is gone he was enlisted in the Navy or something and they should go hang out in his room because his room is cool. And of course they go in there and it's all posters of chicks and, and uh, he's got drugs in it hidden in his bookcase or something like that. So the obnoxious kid finds it and he's like, Hey, can I have this? And it's like a bag of weed and it's like a huge bag of weed too. It's not like a little bit. He's like, can I just have this? And so he's like like, eight grand. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And he's like, no, dude, my brother will know if that's gone. Like, put it back. Is it bad that you said how much weed there was and I assigned a monetary value to it? (laughs) I mean, you might not be wrong. I don't know the going prices for weed or anything, but uh, uh, all I know is dime bag. Maybe it's a dime bag. It's probably not eight grand if it's a dime bag. (laughs) It's not. It's not. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Come so on, Lucas. You know better than that, right? Are you being serious? I, I do know better than oh, okay. that. Okay. Let's just say I've never had to buy my own. So I feel, okay. like, I've been, I feel lucky in that sense. I'm like, I felt like, the need to educate you for a moment. I'm like, wait a second. No, 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 no. It was because uh, that, could, was a that little... could go real bad one day if somebody gave you a dime bag and told you it was eight grand. Like, eight grand I don't want to send you out there like that, Lucas. <laughs> if I could ever buy anything that was eight grand, I think uh, I'd just be happy to be in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, they get all in a kerfluffle about this, uh, this, um, weed that he won't put back. And so they, they change venues and go out to some field because his friend brings out a katana, you know, to continue the nerd vibe. He's like, Hey, want to see something cool? Check this out. Psh, katana. What? 
So they take it out in the field I'm, to do I'm what there, Josh is shaking his head. He's like, yeah, as people I'm, do. Yeah, d- what? Yeah. It's the kids are walking around with swords. Gun that you found <laughs> in the closet, you know. This is what you do out in the country or slash suburbs or whatever. Or the city. No, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's the middle of the city. Um, so they take this uh, sword out and they're going to go chop stuff because obviously. Uh, so they're chopping fruit and being fruit ninja before it was uh, cool. even a thing. Yeah. And so this obnoxious kid breaks out the weed that he apparently stole um, without this kid knowing. They get in this big fight and he ends up accidentally stabbing the kid with the sword and all the friends freak out because they're like, what the hell are we going to do? We just killed somebody. Well, you just killed somebody. So they decide to hide the body. And then the rest of the movie, like that's the first 20 or 30 minutes. The rest of the movie is how are they going to deal with the fact that people are starting to realize this kid's missing. And like during that whole process, the main character uh, starts to, think that maybe it wasn't an accident it was just kind of set up to be look like an accident and then another kid starts it has gone missing somebody that they interacted with at a party and then there's this girl that he likes and he thinks that he's moved this other kid's moving in on his territory and uh so it does a really good job of kind of setting you up to not really be sure about what, like how much of this is just him being a jealous, this guy being a jealous um, person over his friend and this friend interacting with his girl and how much of it is actually true. So part of it is kind of a mystery. Like, or what is what we're suspecting true? Is he really, is this kid really capable of killing somebody with a sword? And so throughout the rest of the movie, you're kind of led into the psychological um, mind bender about whether or not uh, this kid is actually capable of murder, which is his best friend, by the way. So it's kind of, he struggles with that. You know, you don't want to assume your best friend is capable of killing people and then continuing to lure other people into death traps or whatever. Um, but there's also the way of having killed somebody on weighing on this kid as well. And so he gets like visions or dreams of these horrible things that he sees because he's so wrapped up tight about like what happened and worrying about getting found out. It's a, I, it's really easy to care for these characters. Like it's easy to see a little bit of myself in these characters as well. So, you know, that might be part of it too, but all of it. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, he's out there (laughs) with the Katana stabbing people. Allegedly, no people, um, just watermelons. Just watermelons. Oh, that's good. Had a lot of watermelon that day. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's presented in a very believable way, in a very—I um, don't want to say gritty, but just a very realistic way that right. you could kind of see actually happening. And uh, it all kind of comes together in a final climax of um, these, all of these ideas coming together, and then you find out sort of what happens and it all ends in a way that is uh, satisfactory, fulfilling, I guess. And at the end of it, I was just like, wow, like I was completely engrossed in this movie, this sort of dark, it gets violent towards the end uh, movie that came out of left field. Like I never heard anybody talk about this movie. And again, it's not super horrific. Like 
it doesn't get, even really get into slasher territory. But uh, there are that's disappointing. I mean, if you yeah. pull out a katana. <laughs> well, let's just say it does get used. It's just... Um, I'm messing with you, Lucas. The two things about this are the katana and then your <laughs> depiction of a giant bag of weed. Like, I can't get over it every time you put up your hand to visualize how much weed these kids had. I'm like, what are they doing? Like, are they dealing? Like, jeez. There's <laughs> a giant bag of weed. Um, <laughs> That's a lot of money, a, man. Glad trash bag full of... <laughs> Weed. It was like the Johnny um, Depp movie. <laughs> uh, Fear and Loathing. Sorry, uh, I, uh, I'm i going to put this on my list. I've never heard of this movie, and I'm captivated anytime somebody hits me with a movie I've never heard of. So, Think of it more of a, a murder mystery or okay. something of that my nature. Like and it. less of a... Yeah. Uh, have you seen the movie Brick? Yes. Or know of the movie Brick? Yes. Kind of like that, but without the noir feeling. Okay. Um, so yeah, came out of left field. Uh, very, fairly realistic depiction of. That's of impressive. Those I types got of events. Twenty five movies on my list here, and you go number two. That's very <laughs> impressive. I'm really good at number twos, so. <laughs> that'll congratulations. That'll I'm never sorry. get old on this. <laughs> Brought it right back. Seven down. episodes <laughs> in, we're still doing this guy. In the toilet. <laughs> Everybody poops, man. <sighs> Josh. Hi, I'm back with another. I don't want to make another poop joke, so I won't because I did last episode. Um, Josh, Josh is like, well, Donnie ruined it. <laughs> my number two was my number one until last week. Ooh, it's always two fun. Ago. Two weeks ago. <clears throat> so upset. I'm sorry if I shake things up um, like I have been by picking my number two as people's number ones or if I <laughs> or whatnots. Um, Shake and bake. My number two is Get Out. My number one. Um, and uh, there's there's still um, Get Out is scary, and it, like both of my number my one and two are not traditional horror films, right? Sure. Um, so Get Out obviously doesn't hit that. Like, I think th- that's what made it so special. One, it's coming from Jordan Peele, right? Not no, no one expected this to come from him, yeah. um, which adds to the specialness of the movie. Um, but two, well, it's, it was coming out, so yeah, <laughs> it's just it it has so much truth in it, and yeah. and that's the not I wouldn't say it's the scariest part, but it definitely you want to like right up there. <laughs> I have four paragraphs. That I wrote for notes. I watched this movie today. I knew it was my number one. I wanted to save it until we really got close to talking about it. Yeah. Um, for obvious reasons, I wanted to feel prepared to speak on it. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to like misrepresent any of the movie's themes or anything. I will say this. I didn't investigate that part of it. Um, I normally never do. And I didn't. Sure. Like I didn't go and try to find what other people thought about the movie. Um, because I think a lot of that. I think a lot of this. I think a lot of the appeal of this movie is that's so personal. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to misrepresent that. But if you may, if I can fill in the gaps here with some yeah, stuff. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Um, here's what I wrote today. Um, starring Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Black Panther, Sicario, Bradley Whitford, Cabin in the Woods, Stephen Root, Office Space, Dodgeball News Radio, King of the Hills. <laughs> what a tremendous, yeah. you know, folks acting. There's more people I didn't even list. Um, one of the most critically acclaimed films of the decade, definitely amongst horror movies. One of the most critically acclaimed horror movies of all time. Um, 
uh, so much of this movie has been um, exponentially, like, I don't know, echoed because it hits a cultural chord in America. And I think it's more important now than it was even at the time. And at the time it came out and what people thought were troubling times. And that's saying something. Cause I, like, I don't know about you, but like in my head, I'm like, these are definitely like troubling times. Like it feels like it's just, it's just getting worse. Mm-hmm. And that's why this movie is, is so important. And, um, I put that there's a lot of nods to slavery in our nation's history, um, in the home with the home servants, the maid, the landscaper, Walter, I'm not sure what he's doing. He's like a handyman. Like yeah, landscape. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what he does. We're a groundskeeper. Yeah. It's a better, better term. Um, obviously, they're auctioning off these bodies, you know, to, to people. And they have like a whole auctioning scene, which is very, you know. Unsettling. Just, yeah. I mean, it's extremely <laughs> unsettling. Um, two things that I think that uh, if, if I may, and I'm not typically the deep thinker of the bunch, but I felt very good about these things that I wrote. So um, I put Get Out Tour is quiet. It's spreading. It's like the body snatchers or the faculty or the Stepford Wives. It's uh, not too far from what we see in zombie movies where the fear is that the people are the real threat, except that these people are not just acting out of paranormal, like paranoia um, for what's going on. They're acting more out of peer pressure and social norms and societal norms. And, and that's scary because um, it shows humanity's history with running with a popular choice or conformity versus doing the correct thing. Um, where the correct, you know, these types of things have led to the oppression of people, such women, black people, religious things, things like that, right? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote that it's very delicate with how it showcases racism. It's not dumb. It's not blatant. There's no tooth-bearing redneck with a flag. You know, it's not that dumb. Yeah. It, it treats it with, with respect. There's no stereotypes that are being made. And I actually love how um, he takes... I think a heavy handed shot at, uh, sometimes the way people can be racist without thinking that they are. And I think it's very mm-hmm. on the nose with how he does that. It's not necessarily taking shots at people that say that they, they wear racism, people that say they don't like black people or anything like that. You know, there's a whole family that are like, you know, I've voted for a Barack Obama three times, yeah. you know, and it's just <laughs> that type of stuff. It's these little racist digs that these people do. It's, it's smug. In how unattached it is from like how we would properly treat somebody if in fact we saw people as equals, but people don't see each other as equals, which is why these little things happen. And I think that's truth. And I think that's the part that hit the chord with people so much more. It's either people wanting to reverberate that or show it to that or people may even being awakened to seeing that type of stuff for the first time, but that's real. Um, the horror part of it though, I did want to just to get outside of the, the societal stuff is I wrote down the movie throughout lays the hypnosis groundwork, right? You stir the drink, you clink the drink, but even outside of that, they have the sunken place where they have like these TV commercials and it's, it's very Stepford. If you guys have seen Stepford or or like the Mm -hmm. faculty, it's very like that, you know, it's basically, um, uh, uh, taking over, these people's free will, um, making them robotic in a sense. And it's, those are very, this, here's the thing about this movie for as, a, as amazing as it is culturally, it's actually not all that uncommon or new. This is a premise in horror movies that have been around since like the fifties. Uh, it's been done several times. Um, but never done with like, I, I think a racial tone. It's yeah. been done with an inequality tone, but never not quite like a racial tone. And, um, I think it's cool that. With the hypnosis and like the stuff that we see on TV, the way that I perceive it anyway, is kind of like how we can get used to 
these things as being normal through like media through television through repetitive nature and that's actually kind of like the real scary part is that you can unknowingly find yourself in the sunken place without you know realizing that you're there i don't know if that's true or not i don't know if that makes sense but me writing down notes as i was watching today for the third time third time i watched it that was basically me trying to bring something extra to this show tonight about this movie. Um, but outside of all that, I think the acting and the creepiness, like, um, the creepiness of, of all the actors and the little things that they do. Oh my God. The, the actual turn, the reveal when he's trying to leave and the family Uh, starts circling him and showing up and, you know, the girl's like, I can't give you you the keys. Yeah. You know, I can't give you the keys. That's like, you're like, Oh shit. You yeah. know, I mean, you knew, like, you knew that he was in hot water he, way before. Yeah, that. he knew, he knew. Yeah. He, it's just like, he's like, he doesn't believe it yet. You know, he's yeah. just like, come on. <laughs> you can see it on his face. Yeah, and, you just lose hope. And that's exactly, he just loses hope. He's like, shit. Yeah, and that uh, was my last thread. The ending is spectacular. And I think adds a bit of levity to what was otherwise a, a very hard hitting message. And um, yeah. I appreciate it. I had heard when this movie was in theaters, there was a different ending that got yes. changed. The actual and, police show up. Yeah, and I and it was very kind of a downer, like a downturn. I didn't on see that. this movie in theaters. I didn't either, and I never saw that ending. I'm sure you can YouTube it by now, but yeah, I, I'm the same way because when I saw when you see the ending, it even plays on your conceptions of what has happened in the movie so yeah. far. Yeah, and so you're expecting one thing, and and. You know, we're all familiar, I hope, with the police and how, I mean, by now, you have to be familiar with what struggles and difficulties we've all have been seeing um, in that aspect of life. And And so that that was like that movement. It's always been a thing, right? People have known it's been a thing for 30, 40 years. Um, But this movie, I think, was at the forefront of it really becoming like a popular mainstream uh initiative of the people i guess if you say and mm-hmm. it only got furthermore by you know kaepernick taking the knee and, and all the other things the events that have happened since then it in a lot of ways like this theme feels old in 2017 because mm-hmm. so much has happened in this you know theme since then like real world events and to be honest with you i gotta say I got to say, I got to give credit to Get Out for maybe me spreading some awareness that maybe wasn't there before. Sure. May have yeah. had a, a part to play. Well, well, I mean, because there's been movies that have dealt with uh, racial um, racism and, and stuff like that. But usually, you know what kind of movie you're going to get when you watch a movie like that, it's some sort of drama deals with that, those issues and brings that to light, but you don't often get it in horror unless it's some sort of symbolic, uh, type deal, but it's not always the, it's typically not the crux of the movie. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like the storyline. Well, I mean, in this movie, you've got the, major... like the white people want to take over the black people because of, their their strength and their you know their athletic prowess or i think one person even mentions like being cool and it's like yeah. this whole appropriation of culture I and mean, this movie is so smart and jordan peele has become a, a horror rock star since this movie come out us yeah. was huge and everybody can't wait for candy man and for good like it's extremely smart this movie is so like even if you get it 
<laughs> like there's still a lot to get. Like it's so deep. It's dense with tons of things that are, I think, like I, I think it's smart. At least the writing feels incredibly smart in all of the little things, you know, that he, it's not just racism is bad. Like if you, th- if that's your takeaway, you're missing out so much of this damn movie. Um, yeah. There's a lot there. So I was really impressed. And you quite, like I said, it's one of the most critically acclaimed horror movies of all time. And uh, it may be hard to, to not talk about it. <laughs> like, yeah. It might be tough to talk about for some, but like it's, it's extremely important. That original ending wasn't uh, when they were screening it. It didn't hit the theaters. It just hit test audiences. Oh, uh, okay. And he gets he gets arrested and he goes to jail for life for yeah. them for for it. So it was, and I think I believe there's a point when he's in jail. I think if I remember it correctly, where he's like, I don't want to get out of here. I'm happy here. Wow. Like he's like resigned oh, wow. to feeling safe. I can I understand that. It's almost a fitting ending for the it message. Too, yeah, they said it was too depressing, and it, it, you know. It, but I think it kind of does speak to the, like to what people feel, at least in the into the black in the black community. Like from what I read and hear, I would never try to speak for that. Um, that like even when you do the best, you still are the bad guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the yeah. the that's what really would happen. Ending. Yeah. That yeah. What, yeah. 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 To a degree. <laughs> yes. I do so, yeah, think the movie gets two. the message across without the ending. <laughs> You know, like without oh, yeah, the ending, like sure. I, I, I really appreciated the ending that I watched because of the message and the journey of the movie so far. Like yeah. that ending would have been more fitting for what the message is, but I appreciate they well, didn't just keep going. I was gonna say there's a reason it stops where it is because you know the message ends there. The rest of it is just the cleanup or whatever. And, and we don't you also that. have the impression of that's where it's going, so you get that feeling even without it. Yeah, you know, like you, there's that feeling when when the police car comes up and you see the lights, you're like, oh, oh shit. no, yeah, you right. know exactly, you yeah. should know exactly what to expect. Yeah, so even without realize, it being oh. there, I think most people are watching this movie in 2017 or 2020. Everybody's expecting the same thing, so he gets the point across without having to paint, you know, paint it out for everybody. Yep, yep. Uh, I don't know. I I don't think I said this, but this is my number one as well. So. There I go. Rifle there you go. I knew we were going to talk Look about it. So that's why I wanted to get through my other movies because, man, I've got five or six other movies I still want to talk about. This is a good year. So I got to get my number one out then, huh? Don't rush. Please do. Oh, I mean, don't rush. <laughs> don't rush. Um, Sharknado 5, Global Swarm. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, I think that's it, like the third time you made that joke so far. Hey, there's, there's, there's eight more movies. I was going to say, there's so many to choose from. Um, uh, yeah, so th- this definitely could suffer from some recency bias. Um, however, I never in my life have seen a movie like this movie. I would agree with it. And it is horrific in a different sense of what we talk about traditionally in horror movies which is why I think it's more of a trend in these later years. Um, the Killing of a Sacred Deer mm-hmm. is a movie that I didn't know what I was getting myself into mm-hmm. when I started it. Um, nothing about this movie is uh, traditional cinema, <laughs> normal. No, not at all. Um, in fact, the movie... I haven't seen in any of your ghosts, uh, one of the most is other movies, but really, 
not the lobster. I haven't seen the lobster. Okay. Um, right away, like this movie, it's it's incredibly artistic, right? I should say that just in general, it's a very like artistically stylized. One of the film. things that I wanted to bring up uh, when you I expected you would pick this movie is it's very much an A twenty four movie. Oh yeah, for sure. I love you know, A twenty four, and yeah. that's why I wanted to bring that up. Like, if if you guys aren't paying attention to like publishers and things like that, like they definitely have a feel for horror movies. And The Lodge and Midsummer and The Lighthouse and Hereditary and The Witch and all these things like they they have a thing. And uh, this is very much the thing. When I saw that title card, I felt reassured, honestly, like right away. Like how I used to feel about legendary pictures back in the day. Yeah. Like when yeah. I see that title card, I've, I'm confident. I'll watch anything the A24 does or Bloomhouse. Either one of them. Yes. If it has those cards, I'm like, I'm there. I'm the Bloomhouse stinker, but otherwise, yes. Um, <laughs> so... This movie, like, so it's, it stars uh, Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman, and um, Barry Keegan, who I don't know if he's done anything else that I know him from. He was in Dunkirk, but I haven't seen that. That's um, good. He's in the Eternals, and he's in the Batman, which I like. That's good. And he's in the Green Knight, which everyone's been waiting for, right? Um, which oh, is yeah. supposed to be really good. Uh, his, so this movie starts off with people having conversations as if there was no emotion in the world. And I was really curious hmm. if that was like, if we were in a alternate universe or hmm. something, because Colin Farrell literally has a conversation with him and they, they evoke no emotion and everyone he has a conversation with. It's very like cold oh, clinical. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would yeah. like to do this. They say like weird, sh- like weird shit. Like I would like to, strangle the hooker but they say it like regular they talk about a dude's watch and he's like i very much like that watch i like the way that it looks you know like it feels like they don't like the watch because of the way that they're saying it but yeah strange i have an answer i might have an answer for that i read a little bit after watching this movie because i had a very positive feeling after watching it i want to know more about it and apparently the director uh feels like there's no reason to make a movie that sounds realistic uh okay. like most of his movies are odd like that because that is a hell of a f- you know what i'm saying like that's a hell of a director thing to say and i'm yeah. putting air quotes that film's very purpose. artisty to say what a yeah. smug thing to say it's true it's true and i've watched some of his other films and they're all kind of awkward like that but it's it has something to do with um like getting the the um awkwardness of dialogue out of the way and just going like straight to the point hmm. and then yeah. letting the rest of the film speak to it for itself or something like that sorry i'm paraphrasing because it's been a while since sure. i've seen and looked at the stuff i think it, it actually play it actually builds a strength to the film that you didn't even know that you need because as that language breaks down it breaks down simultaneously with what's happening in the story i would agree so with all that well he's not this um, a cardiothoracic surgeon who just speaks plainly to his family, he's losing his mind and he's acting out and he's throwing temper tantrums and he's totally the opposite of how you're introduced to him, which I think it just really works for the movie. It's another one of those very uncomfortable and settling films and it doesn't turn horror for a bit. 
It's yeah. extremely uh, uncomfortable. And yeah. I agree with what you're saying. Um, he's very much clinical is a good word. He's very much in control and logical and, you know, reasoned. And he gets put in a situation where he loses control and you see him react the way a person that's always in control who loses control would react. Like he's yeah. losing control of the situation. So he loses control of himself. It's just, yeah. Yeah. So to get, to, to give people an idea of the story, basically. So Colin Farrell, he plays the surgeon. Uh, he, you introduced him speaking with a boy. He, he kind of be friends after you find out later um, that uh, his father, the boy's father died in surgery under Colin Farrell's care. Colin Farrell blames the anesthesiologist because only anesthesiologists make mistakes, not him. So he <laughs> says that. Yeah. Um, so this boy befriends him and then eventually befriends his family and his daughter um, and his son. And and it comes to the point where he starts becoming like stalker-ish and it's very getting becoming even more incredibly uh, unsettling. Sinister. And finally, he just says, hey, you know what? Like, Colin Farrell's angry. He's like, you like, you got to leave me alone, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I, I guess we just have to do this now. Rip off the Band-Aid. This is what I have. You have to pick one. And he's like, what? He's like, you have to pick one to die. And and it just it just like hits everyone. It hits you watching it. It hits Colin Farrell. It even hits the kid who's telling him this. And he's like, you have to pick one or they're going to get sick. And they're all going to die. And they had these conversations, like he's going to the kid's school, he's talking to the principal, and he's like, which one do you think is smarter? And he's like, I can't say that. <laughs> like, you see him, like, debating which child to let die. And yep. and, and it happens because uh, his son stops being able to walk, yep. use his legs, and then his daughter. And then, like, everything he's telling him comes, and you don't ever Their really eyes know. start to bleed. Yeah, and I bleed from the eyes, and he tells him, like, the third step is they bleed from the eyes and then they die. And it's just, I even don't even really want to tell people who may not have seen this, how this thing just goes because it's, it, it's an experience. It's not just a movie. I felt so uncomfortable and also I loved everything that I was watching while I was watching it. Um, and Alicia Silverstone's really—they they underuse her, underutilize her, but she does. She is as a little part in it, and she's really good. Um, but all of the actors, Nicole Kidman is great. As I say, Nicole Kidman, man, she's uh, she crushes it in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And Colin Farrell too. Like every acting um, scene is is top notch acting. Um. I was able to find what I was referencing earlier. So if you'll indulge me really quick, uh, the director doesn't strive for realism because he doesn't believe it exists in cinema. After all, the the film world is manufactured and to be experimented with. So that's what I was talking about earlier. Okay. And then as far as the whole, because I had questions about it too. I'm like, why is it so weird? Um, the characters live in an altered world where karma is part of their existence. So in this film, like karma always happens. Oh, okay. Basically. So the so eye that's for an eye like thing plays out. Yes. Yeah, so that is, that explains sort of the magical qualities of things that are happening. Yeah. That helps because that was a big, okay. 
Josh, this is the most uncomfortable movie I've ever watched. Um, <laughs> it is. That's the only word you can really call it. Like, it's extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. And I look, it's great. Like I, I give it credit for doing exactly what it does, but there's so much that it doesn't do that. It like, I don't know. It breaks my mind. Like the, it's not the suspension of disbelief. It's the not knowing like how, how was the boy doing these things? This is never addressed. And it's like, Mm, what the hell? Like you have to, that's the horrific part, I guess. It's like, how is he in, you're just to assume that he, you know what? He just can and it's like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> that's what led me to search more. About right. It because I'm like, how is this happening? And like, yeah. does, what if he just like, what if you kill him? Like, like, you know, like, does it keep happening? Is it, is it tied? I don't know. It's, it's all of that. It's the lack of dots to be connected that yeah. again, and it's similar to like a suspension of belief, but just feels like a big leap because it's so supernatural. This right. kid just right. spoke it into his existence that, you know, there was like no spell cast or anything. He's like, look, you're all of your family are going to lose the ability to walk. They're going to bleed from the eyes. Like you're all going to die slowly right. until you yeah. kill somebody. And yeah. it's just like, that's scary. I love the fact that the parents, I don't want to say take it realistically. Because to be honest with you, if if you were like, hey, if somebody in your family doesn't die, you're all going to die. I'd shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it feels like a very easy ask if it was if it was as the movie portrays it like it's totally gonna happen you know he like, had to live through. that was his punishment oh it's yeah like one of the three it's it's i think it speaks to his character that he never even considered killing himself that's true too it does yeah. and i like that about like, it wow <laughs> because it's very like selfish and conniving kind of yeah. in a way um yeah. and it's interesting to paint people like that it just, I like, I, I, I came away from the movie like completely creeped out. So it does, it's a great job. So I, one hundred percent, I agree with your pick, Josh. It's a great pick. But I'm just like, there's so much I, I want to know that I don't know, and that pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Um, and I had considered, I had considered that as part of like me like picking the film, but with the the whole film the film as a whole, I think I was able to forgive that part and maybe just chop it up to me, not understanding how he could do it. Maybe it was through poison. Maybe it was through mind control. I don't know, but like I kind of let that go, but I, it definitely did bug me. Like, yeah, it's just never addressed ever. Yeah. So I definitely get that criticism as well. Um, but that being said, like I'm super happy to let get out be number one. And the boy, (laughs) by the way, completely creepy terrifying little kid like he does his little thing it's so nonchalant and he's so calm and yeah and he's like he's like he has a he's like you kill my dad this is i'm just gonna do this yeah and it honestly comes out of like a place of fairness yeah yeah Yeah. exactly yeah yeah that's the most telling part was his calm cool collective nature of himself yep under any duress Uh, you know even when he, yeah, even when, yeah, even when that stuff's happening. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this was my number four, by the way. I think it suffered from the fact that I haven't watched it in a while because yeah. I do remember liking it a lot, but it's such a hard movie to discuss, you know. Like, if my wife was on the, the podcast, it surely would have been her number one, too. <laughs> Josh and my wife are parallels, man. They, they are horror movie fans. They sit together and just have a bunch of great movies. 
Nice. We did that. We have to get to your not make the list, Tommy. You have a lot, though. I do. Yeah. I do. Have I lot. have a few as well. Um, <laughs> I have a lot. I won't spend a ton of time on many, but I have to spend some time on at least two. The Cult of okay. Chucky. The second best Chucky movie ever. Whoa. A direct wow. sequel to The Curse of Chucky in 2013, I think. Curse of Chucky was cool because it grounded Chucky in an otherwise ungrounded. It's been off the rails for a while. Curse of Chucky grounds it. Cult of Chucky takes it to a new place. And you've got to watch them both. I think you'll miss you'll miss it if you don't. Like you gotta watch them both. Cult gotcha. of Chucky, I would say, is more like Josh's Chucky. It's okay. really, really cool. Okay, so it's that it stars Brad DeRiff, who does the voice of Chucky. Stars his daughter. Is Nika, who was in the uh, Curse of Chucky. She's back, Fiona. And uh, it's Don Mancini, who's been the, the movie's creator since the beginning. And Jennifer Tilly's back. And so is Alex Vincent. Alex Vincent was the original Andy from the 80s, Andy Barclay. Okay. So the last film, um, Nika basically turns out to be like Chucky's daughter before he got put into a doll. He got a woman pregnant. He tried to kill her. It didn't work, but she lost the use of her legs, right? The whole, it's like this whole haunted house thing. Chucky kills everybody. It's very grounded in a haunted house thing. She goes off to a mental asylum. Okay. This movie takes place in the mental asylum. Nika has been charged for all the murders that happen. And she's in this mental asylum and she's meeting with a doctor. And the entire focus is her meeting with a doctor to the point it becomes more psychological thriller than slasher. She thinks this is all in her head. Maybe she did kill all these people. Like, she's freaking out. She's like, oh, my God, I'm realizing this. She's not. Chucky's real. Chucky comes back. Um, I'm going to spoil the movie because it's from 2017, and I just want to talk about it. And to be honest with you, me spoiling the movie is kind of hoping to tempt maybe you guys or somebody out there listening to give it a chance. I know a lot of people have probably written off Chucky. This movie unveils that Chucky has learned a new spell into which he can clone his existence into other dolls. So there are multiple Chuckies running around and they all kind of have their own different little personality and shit. And it's totally funny and kind of creepy and cool. And then um, he totally inhabits a person like the thing that has been the whole thing the whole time. He does it. And that's how Jennifer Tilly comes back into the play. And it all kind of like has this big, you know, unveiling, and to be honest with you, kind of sets the stage for a movie that we've yet to get that seems kind of freaking awesome. Like, at the end, Jennifer Tilly and Nika are going away, like Thelma Louise, like they're in a car, they're driving off. Uh, Chucky inhabits Nika, so Nika is Chucky, and Jennifer Tilly is, you know, Jennifer, and, she, you know, like, and they love each other, so they're like a couple together again, but it's, but they're not, it's... It's kind of psychological and it's kind of nuts. And if you're not paying attention to it, there's definitely a lot happening that you will make no sense. You'd be like, why are there three Chuckies? How is she possessed? Like, you got to pay attention. Um, but I think it's the second best movie in, in the series. And uh, I really liked it. It's not, I don't think it's great, which is why I didn't make my top three. Um, <laughs> but I think it's good for what it was trying to do. And I, I appreciated that as a fan. Savage Land is a movie that I've brought up to you guys on a couple of occasions. Savage land would be disheartening to spoil for anybody else. Um, Mm. I'm going to, (laughs) (laughs) but if you, but if you don't want it to be spoiled, like skip ahead by a minute. Um, 
here's the thing about Savage Land for you horror movie fans. If you have a significant other or a kid or something, not a kid, don't not, not little kids, but you know, a teenager. Um, if there's somebody out there that doesn't like horror movies, let them watch this, but don't tell them what it is. Because this movie is presented to you like it's a documentary. And legit, my wife thought it was real for about halfway through it. Oh, man. And it's it's basically a zombie movie. Like, there's this, like, this whole town just gets murdered by, like, this plague whatever. And it's all shot, like, found footage stuff. But it presents itself like a documentary. Like, it's real. <laughs> and and, and yeah, it totally had my wife believe in it. Like, towards the end, she kept looking at me. She was like... There's no way this happened. Like I would have heard about this, and I, I I just wouldn't say anything to her. And she was like, "Seriously, Donnie, is this what is going on?" Like she was believing it, and at the end, I was like, "It's totally," <laughs> which she felt dumb by because there's like zombie stuff. It's like this cannibalistic zombie stuff going on, but it it just it just toes the line enough that people you know that aren't thinking about it too hard actually might give into it, and that's the trick of the movie. So uh, it's definitely cool in the fact that it's a standout. Um. Have either of you seen Better Watch Out, the Christmas movie? Uh, I started watching it, no. and then I stopped watching it. <laughs> when did you stop watching it? Did you did you get to the turn? When I wasn't liking it. <laughs> did you get to the turn? <laughs> no. I, you didn't I get to the turn. Like, there's no, a significant I watched, turn. I watched a very odd movie about a boy trying to get in the pants of his babysitter. Yeah. And then... Uh, then spooky calls happened and then his buddy popped in the house and then a window was broken upstairs. And then I was like, I've been watching this for 45 minutes. What's happening? So you turned it <laughs> off before the turn. Yeah. Um, do you guys like uh, funny games? No. Ye- <laughs> yeah. I think I saw that one. If you like funny one games, the two, the two kids, yeah, the two guys lots. terrorize everybody. If you like funny games, watch better. Watch out. Um, it's very, very good. That annoying kid, what it basically turns into is he sets up a home invasion. The movie, okay, the movie, Lucas, sets up like a normal home invasion movie. That's okay. that's what Josh I'm watching, watched. I'm watching that's, the trailer. Right that's now. what Josh watched. The first 30 okay. minutes, you think there's a home invasion, they're running for their life. The okay. turn happens about midway through the movie where you realize this was all a plot to scare her into liking him so Ooh. he can get into her pants. And then <laughs> it turns into he's literally freaking psycho and he carries the back in this movie it is insane the things that happen in the back end of this movie and how twisted his mind is and how he plots that all of this is going to happen and i won't spoil the ending it's it's not again not my top three totally worth watching very very good um i'm a little scared to say this because i think i might not have the date right uh i didn't check them all but i was thinking it would have showed up on Lucas's box office report. How about Happy Death Day? Ugh. Uh, let me check the it old. Is that you? Uh, it is that you? I'm surprised that you don't like it, Josh. You simply uh, like the satire kind of funny movies. Characters, really? Okay. He is uh, the epitome of unlikable college girls, <laughs> and I couldn't get past that. I I watched most of of it. Um. And then I went back and tried to finish it. I just didn't like her character at all. And they try to make, like redeem her. Like I get it. Like she's learning. Yeah. Um, I like the premise for sure. It's horror um, movie Groundhog Day. Yeah, I think Freaky looks better in my I head, agree. like the Vince Vaughn one. Uh, 
I just didn't like her. Maybe it's the actress. It's definitely too. very twisty. I like the fact that it doesn't matter how many things she changes, it kind of still keeps happening. Like she doesn't yeah. control fate. So different things kind of keep happening. And I, I, I kind of like that. I think that's a, a neat, it doesn't feel as phoned in as the trailer and movie, you know, sure. blitz kind of made it seem. Um, okay. Another couple here. Have you guys seen Prevenge? Prevenge is about, about revenge. <laughs> revenge is great too. Was that this year? That wasn't this year. No, that's no. next. Okay, yeah. Me. Revenge is fantastic. Prevenge is an English movie, and it's oh, kind of, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, not like super clean and nice. It has like an old, I want to say filmic, but like just. Yeah cheap might be a better word as a cheap presentation of a lady like grindhouse yeah kind of grindhousey um of a lady who thinks her baby is telling her to kill people and it's kind of <laughs> funny she goes out and kills people it's not great but it's worth a watch it comes at night uh, a cure for wellness actually not all that crazy like all that separate from get get out there's okay. like a lot of parallels in those from i like yeah i like to cure for wellness um more than a lot of people were saying, like they kind of were like, "Oh, this sucks." Uh, it's very, vid- it's almost like video gamey kind of. It has this like adventure video game feel, kind of Bioshocky. Yeah, with this like lore, like yeah, a whole world behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. If you don't want to get into that, then you're probably not going to get into the movie. The last one that I wrote down that I wanted to talk about is a movie called Tragedy Girls, which I watched on Hulu, which I think is still over there. It might be a Hulu original. That's a pretty cool movie. And essentially it has these two girls that want to become famous killers like the folks in the movies. And it has like this whole thing where they're killing people and they're, they're trying to make it trend on social media. And then there's a turn and they turn against each other. It's not great. It's not awful, but it's cool. It's cool both in premise and it's like cool. Like it's a cool movie to watch. Like um, the death scenes are cool. It's kind of funny. It's kind of satirical. I liked it. So good year for me. Sorry to keep talking, but I really enjoyed this year. A lot of movies. It's all right. That's okay. What about you guys? Um, You want to go or you want me to go? Yeah, sure. I can go real quick. Uh, The Babysitter was one on Netflix. I didn't even know that was this year. That's a great movie. I believe so. Um, So kind of another 80s throwback type movie. Sure. Uh, But with a a bit of a twist, you kind of think you know where it's going. Have you guys seen the new one yet? No, they may, I didn't even know they were making a sequel. It just, and I it saw just came it. out. It came out on yeah. Netflix a couple weeks ago. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that... It's kind Early of reviews are not like, great. I was going to say, it's kind of one of those where you're like, did it need a sequel? <laughs> I don't think it did. Um, I mentioned this uh, uh, this movie before, Creep. Yeah, uh, Creep 2. Yeah, they made a sequel. And now, see, the the thing is, is in Creep, the first Creep... You see you Josh's learned. face light up <laughs> when you <laughs> said yeah. it. So. <laughs> yes flashbacks the last year all over again in in creep you you find out the truth right that's the whole point is like you're trying to figure out is this guy really as crazy as they say he is so you know the answer so when they made a sequel it's kind of like well how is that really going to work because the whole first movie was is he a killer or not but since you know the answer to that question it almost makes it even more uh Creepy, yeah, because <laughs> creep, uh, creepy because you you kind of expect things to happen, and it takes a while before it does get creepy, and they play with that whole idea of expectations, and so it was a a really uh, surprising sequel. 
and the female leads like like you think that she's like in she's like yeah let's do it yeah you you get this impression that she's ready to to do it but it's only because she doesn't think any of it's real she's just like all right let's go with this it's gonna get crazy um did we talk about it that much other than in we didn't other than it, it just missed my list um I liked it chapter one quite a bit. Saw it in theaters. So that was very good, actually. Really good. Yeah. Um, I did not like the second one at all. And that might sour me on the first one uh, when it came time <laughs> to pick my list. I'm not going to lie to you. It may have because the second one was a huge letdown. It's probably one of the biggest misses for me in a major horror release in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it does kind of tarnish the first one a bit, but it was nice to have that uh, talk about a hyped up movie. There's a reason why it made $300 million. And it checks uh, so many boxes. It's the Stranger Things kids, and it's very good, and it's 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 it's, it's good to the original, and it's a good remake, and the villain's good. You know, it checks a this, lot of boxes. The scares are scary, but also very surreal. And I think that's really what sells Pennywise is like – he just has this way about him. He not he doesn't just jump out of a uh like for a jump scare. He just the way he moves when he does it, the way he like looks, the way his face is constantly deforming and all these other weird things. It uh it earns a place, I think. It's worth a watch for sure. The CG stuff also is not my favorite. Um yeah. and there's and a lot of it. Yeah, that's just me. Like uh, that always, that's my, the conjuring too, again, like that kind of takes me out of it at times. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? I just had a thought and it, it just completely left me. It just, yeah. So. Okay. Um, I watched this movie raw. Oh, uh, I ended up renting this movie because <laughs> it, it has a great score, like a great Metacritic score or whatever. So I was, I was like, Let's just run it and find out without with the extra time we were afforded. Um, it's okay. It's definitely one of the grossest movies I've seen in a, oh, in yeah. a while. I remember they were talking about uh, the perfection, like oh, it's so gross that people had to turn it off. No, raw, raw is the gross. Movie oh, I that forgot about off. the perfection. That was pretty good. I like that one. It was all right. Yeah, yeah. a lot of Williams hype film. on that one. What's that? Austin Williams film. Yes. Mm. Yep. What year was that? Uh, 2018, 19. Yeah, okay. I was going to say 18 or 19. Um, so the premise is basically that a vegetarian gets her first taste of meat. Uh, the whole family is vegetarian and uh, bad things start happening <laughs> once that happens. Um, with meat. With meat. Human yes. meat. <laughs> Human. Yeah, um, kind of. There's a lot of weird parts about this movie too. Like I didn't realize so many people were coming, becoming veterinarians, veterinarians. Uh, it's like, it's this whole like weird fraternity and it's just kind of like, Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. in France they have that going on. Oh, yeah, um, now people went through it. Does it? Really, oh yeah. I guess you would. Uh, do they, do, are, are all the hazings true? Like, do I, they... I'll ask about the hazings. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to segue. I remembered my thought. That's all right. Yeah, sure. Pennywise, right? We hadn't had an It yeah. movie for so long. I think a big part of It's coming back was just kind of like the cult following that It has taken for lo- so long and people being scared of clowns and that being, yeah. you yeah. know, like a thing that kept coming up and up and up. So I think a lot of people are really ready for the second one. I think it played a lot into it. I think there's a lot of nostalgia and, you know, scare in like pop culture, you know, things with clowns and stuff. Yeah. 
I mean, there was a lot of kids who grew up and were like, all right, let's remake that series that like, I, I don't I don't want to like just call the trendy card but like I remember when I was growing up and somebody watched a lot of horror movies talked to a lot of people like I don't remember nearly as many people being scared of clowns when I was little but like everybody apparently is scared of clowns that my daughter knows like like kids below me like they're all scared of clowns I'm like where did this come from and I, I even remember like Terrifier like when that released you know and like that was also kind of like an homage kind of brought that up so i kind of felt like it was kind of catching a wave and i think it kind of played into that a little i think it was actually from killer clowns from outer space (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm just joking um real quickly yeah so raw it was okay but it just i don't know there was bits and pieces of it that just kind of gnawed away my pristine vision of it and uh it's what you said bits and pieces that not, not away. away. Yeah, see? Well, that's good. good. It's good. Lastly, lastly uh, Mother. Well, I'm just waiting for somebody to bring that up. It's yeah. my uh, Dollar Cinema watch list, so I didn't want to. Huge miss. I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> I have, I appreciate them making the film, but it's a little, again, too on the nose. Like, I get it. It's about your art and all that stuff. It's it just. I don't know. It it kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, but I went up and down about, well, this is pretty cool. But at the same time, I was like, I could see the artists and and Lucas being completely troubled by this. movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I could totally see him being like, you guys don't get it. And then also being like, but it's also pretentious. (laughs) The people are doing to our planet. I'm completely on the, this is pretentious side. I saw this movie in the theater and I was like, I never want to see this ever again. I did have to I did have to talk to my film friend about it and I was like, how do we feel about this movie? You know? Like what are we doing here? So yeah, there you go. It uh, felt bring it back, uh, like Neanderthal movies. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> it felt like directly made to be like obscure. <laughs> it was just like I just yeah. I don't have time. Like they for tried this. too hard or something. Yeah, yeah no, no, exactly. Like, my girlfriend did a movie. What movie should I do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I have uh, the Belko experiment on my list. Yep. Ooh, I forgot about that one. Which is a fun. Uh, uh, people get locked in an office building, told they have to kill people every certain amount of time, and if they don't do it, more people die. They find out they have all like chips in their head that explode if they don't follow the rules. Doritos. And eventually, they find out that this is happening all over the world at these buildings, very similar to the invitations ending. I like that uh, one more than I thought I would, actually. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of fun, like Cabin in the Woodsy, like yeah, humor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very violent. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I Jones forgot all game. about that one, to be honest with you. It would have probably been on my list, or I would have brought it up. I didn't even, it didn't even make my one. short list here. Uh, Gerald's Game made the uh, made my short list because it's it's a very it's pretty good it's not great but there's definitely that one scene yeah um that i almost got sick watching because <laughs> it's very well done um gina uh carla gugino is fantastic and bruce greenwood play, plays her husband estranged husband or however you want to describe him uh gerald <laughs> um uh that was i actually really enjoyed that that was a tough watch though um and then i'm just going i think i only have one more I watched the Black Coat's Daughter. Have you guys seen that? Yep, that was okay. No, uh, it's good. I it. it stars. Um, well, it doesn't even star who I thought it was. I thought it was starring 
um, <laughs> Julie Roberts' niece. What's her name? Uh, the girl Tell who me, was I in American know. Horror Story. Uh, why can't I think? Oh, I should have it right here, right? The Black Coat's daughter. Why is it not in here? Um, I got Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts, thank you. The girl who beat up her boyfriend um, in real life. And it stars uh, Kieran Shipka from uh, uh, Sabrina on, on uh, yeah. Netflix. Mm-hmm. The teenager. Uh, it's a really interesting story about um, this girl who is at a Catholic uh, school and her parents don't show up to pick her up and she's been having these weird dreams and then things happen and you find out that everything you thought you knew was totally not what you thought you knew. <laughs> Isn't there like time jumping? It's not... Yeah, it's that's it's what like I um, you're seeing a flashback. Yeah, I think okay. and it's not even super clear if that's what you're seeing. Mm. Um, but they're leading you to believe that maybe Emma Roberts is someone else, and um, it kind of plays into this. I think it's another A24 uh, pick too. Uh, it might be. Uh, Josh loves this. <laughs> yeah, it is A24. Yeah. If you want to know what Josh's genre of horror is, it's A24 horror. <laughs> I do A24 stuff and ship it to it. I mean, I'd, hey, I'm right there with you, so. Um, yeah, actually, I actually enjoyed it. Um, you know, it didn't make, it wouldn't make top five, but um, it was well acted, interesting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, nothing to, to write home about. It's good. Um, I had one more, and actually, you kind of jogged my memory with it, that I think people might want to steer clear of, actually. Uh-huh. Um there was one that came up on list called Thelma. It's on Hulu and uh, it has a decent review score, but I don't think it's horror enough to really pull. Is it one of their monthly like seasonal original things? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think it was because this is uh, a foreign film. So okay. I would be very surprised if it was, but basically the, the idea is that this girl is going off to college. She seems very sheltered and you find out that she is highly religious uh, because of her family. And um, she also is struggling with um, her attraction to another woman uh, with being, uh, yeah, with being uh, highly, you know, very religious. That's obviously a, troublesome for her to say the least and every time she gets in these situations like um where she finds herself attracted to this girl because she goes out of her way to hang out with her and stuff these things start happening uh like at one point uh a bunch of birds start flying into the window like attracted to her and they all just like die um she's at an opera house or something like that and uh, they start fooling around and the light fixture starts swinging around like it's going to drop final destination style or something. Um, but it doesn't happen. Um, so there's some supernatural elements to it, but it never really, I never really felt like it culminated into anything that wasn't that big of a deal. So maybe it is horror enough for some people, but just like the payoff wasn't really that great. And I kind of felt like, the pacing of the entire movie got in its own way. And it just kind of felt like it plotted along just when you think things are kind of like ramping up, they go right back down, you know, and then you're kind of there for another 15, 20 minutes and then ramp up again. And then you're like, Oh, this is going to get good. But then it kind of just comes right back down again. So yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it, like if I had found this 
not searching for horror movies, I might have had a different perspective on I it. I understand but... that. There are several movies that I've watched, uh, not to call it you out, Josh, both my wife that my wife enjoys. And yeah. I'd be like, but this isn't a horror movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, no, you know, I totally agree. it's not I scary. Totally Why are like, this is a waste of time? But horror movie, especially when you're in the mood for that, that's yeah. one of those genres you're like, okay, well, this isn't, so never mind. <laughs> yep. Yep. My wife thought that was, um, my wife actually thought that was my issue with It Follows. Like, it's just, uh, you know, and I think it's a horror movie, horror but it's, it's more like haunting than scary. It's not very scary, I didn't think. Um, but that is just me. Right. Mm. But yeah, she, we do this all the time. She loves, like, you know, like the innkeepers or, um, the haunting, you know, again, psychological, you know, yeah. am I going crazy? She loves like any plot that puts a mom against their kids, you know, <laughs> I tell her all the time, like she's very typecasted. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I am too, though. She's like, yeah, if it doesn't have an ax going through somebody. You don't care. I'm like, well, kind of. <laughs> I'm telling you, it helps. We all have our weird things. Right. Like it, <laughs> it helps. I'm okay with that. It helps. Or she's like, uh, I'm a sucker for like. 80s synth music. I think that stuff goes perfectly with horror, like the genre. Like anytime yeah. a movie starts off like that, I'm like, oh yeah, like we're this is gonna be good. <laughs> Give me 90 more minutes of this. Right, Southbound man. I'm telling you, you gotta check watch. It out. You've gotta watch Southbound. That is a Lucas I mean, Rose movie. Definitely for our wrap up, I will have watched it. Um, Very cool. A retrospective or whatever you want to call it. So safe to say, our movie from this show is Get Out. Get out. If you argue with it, you're racist. So, like, you <laughs> I can't. That was the crazy rich Asian. You should have picked it as number one. Then. What was I thinking? <laughs> I would. I, I mean, if a you movie with no black people in it for my number one movie. <laughs> We're not gonna end Whoops. the show like this again. <laughs> um, okay, I've got that down on the list, and uh, I hope everybody has a safe and happy Halloween. Um, patrons are getting this early, so it's not quite Halloween yet. I think the public, I think this goes out to the public on Halloween. So patrons, I hope you are preparing to have a safe Halloween folks listening out there in the public feed. I hope you're, uh, I hope you're enjoying Halloween and, and what is a strange, weird Halloween that I think we'll probably never forget. You know, like this would be one of those Halloweens where like, you remember that year that we didn't do Halloween? Like that was weird, you know? Yeah. Oof. So. Anyways, my favorite day of the year. You guys already know that about me. I get so giddy and excited to decorate and do Halloween. Like, it's kind of a bummer for me. I, It's weird. I, I, I tried for years to make Halloween a thing, like, on my street. I actually went to neighbors, like, encouraging them to decorate. <laughs> it was like... That's actually pretty cool, though. We don't have kids, like, on my street. There's not a lot of... We have a lot of old people on my street. We have kids yeah. in the neighborhood. There's one bus stop on my street. So, like... During Halloween, guess who doesn't walk down the street? Mm. Nobody comes down here because there's nobody down here. So it's just mm. me. And I kind of sit at the end of the street like I was cul-de-sac. That's why I do the lights and make it real big. And that's why I have speakers and turn up the music. I try to – I'm almost about to put out signs. Be like, hey, turn <laughs> Yes, here. we're open. Come down here. <laughs> that's exactly what I have to do. And I don't know why. I think it's because I love horror movies. But I love handing out candy and trying to scare kids. And, you know, like it's fun. So – Anyway, I have candy. Come on. <laughs> you should uh, get a van and just get drive a van. Around I have a van. Free candy machine. Right, free candy. I'm I got a van. <laughs> Dressed up as one of the strangers or Chucky. That works. There you go. 
<laughs> I got a van. Anyway, folks out there, I hope you guys have enjoyed our little walk back of 2017. One horror movie at a time. We'll catch you next week as we do 2018. But until then, this is the end, friends. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho! Ha ha ha!